The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back. I'm David. He is Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizz, and the draft coverage continues. We're kind of shifting gears a little bit today. I say that one of the guys that I'm talking about today actually got a huge jump because he's performing very well at the combine. So odds are he's not going to be available for the section that we're talking about today. But the majority of the fellas that we're going to talk about today, we're looking at for the Grizzlies in the second round. Isaac, I'm going to let you lead off today, man. You've got a list of three guys here that you want to talk about for the Grizzlies that, uh, you know, that may be around at 51 or maybe they can move up in the second round and pick them up. So who do you want to start off with, man? Uh, I'm going to start off with the, the UCLA project uh, prospect, Johnny Zuzang. Uh, man, uh, played freshman season at Kentucky before transferring to UCLA. And sometimes that's all you need, man, is a change of scenery. And it really, really worked out for him. And the first thing you, you see with him is the size. At 6'7", 209 for the shooting guard position is tremendous. I mean, a high motor, brings some versatility. As I think he'll be able to play the two and the three, maybe even some some really small ball four uh, in the NBA. He's a solid three-point shooter as he shoots shot 35% with a high volume um, at six a game. He definitely has that clutch gene as he has a knack for knocking down big shots as we saw in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the moment never seems too big for him. can score from all three levels. Uh, he can score it off the dribble. He can post up. He's an elite free throw shooter at 88%. Uh, only missed eight all season on 65 attempts. So, I mean, he's money when he gets to the free throw line. Uh, has good floor vision for a wing. Not, not the greatest of athlete, but certainly not bad either. Uh, the negatives with him is can he can be a little bit streaky as a shooter. He can stand and improve his ball handling. Defensively, he does have a tendency to gamble a little bit too much, and sometimes he gets in trouble there. But I, I really like him as a prospect. I mean, I think he's a he's a winner. He's one of those guys where if you're on a really good team, he, he's a plus role player that can come in and do a, a lot of different things for you. Kind of in a, another UCLA prospect, Kyle Anderson, that's with the Grizzlies now, he's kind of in that same vein. A guy that just has a high IQ, comes in and makes the right play. Um, and, and I think he is going to have a big role for somebody in the NBA now. He's all over the place in mocks. I mean, I've seen him. Some mock had him in the first round, late first. And I've also seen him at 56, I think. Sports Illustrated yeah. had him at 56. ESPN had the Grizzlies taking him at 51. I have my doubts that he'll be there at 51. But I think kind of the reason why he's projected a little bit lower than you think is because, I mean, he's 20 he's twenty years old, and we kind of talked about that on the last episode, how ZM's kind of view this, and it's not he's not a guy that's, I don't think, that's going to make a huge leap. I think he's kind of developing in what he is. You, you kind of see what he brings to the table, but I think that's a really good thing because, again, I think what he is is, is going to be a plus role player and a guy that's going to come in and make winning plays for you, and he's definitely a guy that I can see Zach Kleiman picking. That would be a definitely – He's definitely a front. This front office fits this this guy. I mean, the, the kind of guys they take. Duzang is definitely in that mold. So if he's there at fifty one, I think he would be absolute steal. I have my doubts that he'll be there, but I like him as a player, and I think he again. I think he's a winner, and he's he's clutch, man. Just makes big shots, yeah. big shots, and kind of seems to love that big moment. Yep, definitely doesn't shy away from it, man. Plenty of range. He shot forty four percent this year coming off of screens. And that's that's huge, you know. Get, getting a guy that can do it off of movement, shoot, you know, catch, catch and shoot is great. Spot up is great, but when you can be a good movement shooter, yeah, man, yeah. that makes a makes a big difference. So, forty four percent on pretty high volume. Um, I would say, 
like from what I watch, the 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 weakness are maybe not weakness necessarily, but improvement areas. Um, being able to create his own shot, I, I think, yeah, is an area that he struggles in. Big area, he just yeah. he, he doesn't have that that first step. Like he's not real explosive, and so he can't create the separation. And um, you know, it's, so sometimes it leads to him over dribbling. But I, I think in the in the right offensive scheme, doing like if he's playing inside the scheme and doing things correctly, I don't think that that weakness is going to make that much difference because there's plenty of guys that, uh, that are not explosive that are still effective in the NBA. Yeah. I, I think he really fits this Grizzlies team with the, the kind of the way that they play and the kind of guys they like. I think he, he fits what they think. I mean, you, I think again, I think he's going to be for somebody. I think whoever, whoever this team is, especially if it's a really good team, again, he's that, guy that can come off the bench, kind of that jack-of-all-trades guy that can do a little bit of everything for you. Again, like I said, the ball handling needs to be improved. He does need to improve in the area of creating his own shot. Uh, I think that's something, and you see that for a lot of guys because he's just not the most explosive guy. He's not the, the biggest athlete, but, you I mean, you see Kyle Anderson is not the biggest athlete either, and you see that he's able to have a lot of success out there as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like him. I like his game. And, again, if he's there at 51, man, I'm – Running up there with the card to turn it in to, to draft yeah. him because again I think he makes the way that this, this front office I think views the game and the type of guys that they draft he definitely fits that mold it wouldn't surprise me at all if if he ended up a grizzly or, or they traded up or he was a guy that they targeted because I mean he definitely fits with the way that they draft yeah and he's a guy that, that can come back he can come right in and play like he's yeah, gonna be immediately. he's NBA ready um you know it wouldn't surprise me to see a team like Golden State now you know. Yeah, they're not going to take him with seven or fourteen, obviously, but he would be, uh, you know, an, a a big wing that they could use to come in. You know, they're playing to win right now, and he is a guy that could plug right in. I, I, yeah, he's I definitely not think a guy. I'm with you. If if at 51, you know, it dings the Grizzlies are on the clock. It would be, you know, you got a what is it five ten minute timer in between picks there. There'd be four seconds off, and he's back at the podium, you know, announcing the pick. <laughs> That, that's a be, be a no brainer in that area. The, the first guy I'm going to talk about is a guy that's really been climbing lately, and, and I hate it because I know that he was he was never going to be on the board at 51. But Bones Highland, Nashon Highland, uh, yeah. he's from DCU. He's a little smaller. He's six three, but man, he he's electric. He's got insane range. Just, I mean, limitless. This kid will pull up. He'll come across half court and, and you know, not not even necessarily playing in transition, just going into the half court set and just pull up from wherever and, and knocks them down too. Um, you know, it, on top of that, he's not just a shooter. He can shoot the ball from deep, great three-point shooter. But in half court sets, he, he finishes at the rim well for a size, man. He uses his body. He's got long arms. He uses that length to, to create the separation between him and the defender. I, there are so many things about him that, that I really like. And I would, you know, we, we've talked about the possibility of the Grizzlies maybe moving up or moving back from 17. And, and this is a guy that, that I would love to see them pick up because. He strikes me as a type of player that can be that microwave guy off of the bench. Yeah, man, I, I like Bones Island uh, for sure. Six three, hundred sixty nine. Not the not the biggest biggest guy, and, and that's kind of if I had to pick a negative on him, that's kind of one of the the things. I think he's a bit of a tweener. He's not really. I don't think he's a true point guard, but he's also small for 
shooting guard position. I think that's kind of why he's projected a little bit lower. But, I mean, he's been killing. Like, if we talk about guys, I'm going to talk about another one here a little bit that's kind of been rising up the boards. He's, of the combine, he's one of the names that, that has stood out over the over the, the, the first couple of days uh, that's played really well, man. Like you said, a uh, really good shooter, man. Deep range. They got up almost eight a game at 37%. So, high volume there. I mean, it, his range starts when he walks in the gym. I mean, he he's one yeah. of those guys that can pull up pull up deep and knock them down. And again, that's one more thing that if you're going to say a negative, it kind of gets him in trouble at times because due to him being such a good shooter, sometimes he takes bad shots. Uh, but but that's definitely something that can be proved upon. Moves really well without the basketball. Uh, but good rebounder uh, for his size. Every five rebounds a game. Uh, Getting get passing lanes defensively. Uh, and I mean, he can gamble sometimes defensively. But like you said, I mean, he's dynamic. I mean, he's really really fun to watch and I think kind of all his negatives are things that can be improved upon uh with good coaching once he gets in, into the NBA so he's a guy that I don't think will be around the 51 I think I think he'll probably go somewhere early second uh but I mean he's really playing well at the combine and again man if you watch VCU play I mean they've always had this breakneck style of playing I, mean, I saw him play against Memphis early in the season man and he really caused them all kind of problems in, in that game and he, he's a really good player and again I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Grizz, Grizz's uniform because, again, he's so fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I've got this stat here. Um, since 2008, NCAA players have shoot 80% from the line, 39% from yeah, three, 80%. Mm, there, there's only two players to, to have these numbers, 80% from the line, 30% from three, minimum of 13 attempts. It's Steph Curry and Bones Highland. Now, am I sitting here telling you that Bones Highland is going to be <laughs> Steph Curry? No, but what I, I'm telling you that stat because I want you to understand how good this kid can shoot. Like it's it's just I'm sitting here watching watching videos, and you know there I even went down. There was a video of him in Philly just playing out on the street. And he beat this one kid seven to one, and he never made anything other than a three. And it wasn't because yeah, he had he, to. He could shoot it, man. Yeah, he, it wasn't like he he had the handle to get past the kid. He done it a couple times, but but he beat him with nothing nothing but threes. So j- just great. I and he, he's got a good story too. I'm not gonna go down the lines behind you know of that yeah. story because like I'm sure that you're gonna hear about it on Draft Night. ESPN does that crap, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. He has a yeah, really good man, background story. Yeah. If you want to know more <laughs> about this kid, just search the name, and you can read about his story. It was very interesting to read about him and, and just his development as a player. But, yeah, he, he's another guy. You got to have scoring from the bench, man. And I know at 6'3", he's probably not going to be – you're not going to have him and Jai on the floor at the same time, at least not for extended periods, just not enough size there. And so, you know, I, I think that – he would be great as that guy to come off the bench to score. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt about that. I, I don't think you could play him and John long stretches just because of the size, like you said. But I mean, a, a guy that can come in, and we've talked about this team needing that Lou Williams type of guy. This guy come in and just knock down shots, and he definitely fits that bill. That microwave guy that you can bring in and say, "Man, we we need some scoring. We need scoring punch. We need buckets off the bench." And, and Bones Holland can, can definitely be that guy because again, man, you. Talking about thirty-seven percent on almost eight attempts. I mean, you see some guys shoot high percentage, but it's on three or four attempts. This guy's putting up eight a game mm-hmm. and shoot thirty-seven percent. So that yeah. that shows you what what kind of range he has and, and the and the efficiency that he knocks down shots. I mean, he's 
he's fun to watch. Again, man, he really did a number on Memphis. Um, it was an early season tournament. They played VCU early in the season. I mean, Memphis just, I mean, they just put it on Memphis. I mean, Memphis all game, they just had a hard time just getting the corral of him. I mean, he just had a fantastic game. So I, I've been watching him ever since then, man, and it, I've been impressed with what I've seen from Bones Island. Uh, but the next guy that I'm going to talk about uh, was the, the Naismith Player of the Year, uh, College Player of the Year, Luca Garza, uh, 6'11", 243 pounds, uh, senior center out of Iowa. Uh, he'll be 22 years old on draft night. And you look at these numbers, uh, 24.1 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 1.7 assists, uh, almost a steal a game, 1.6 blocks, uh, 44% from three uh, on 3.2 attempts per game. So he's not like one of those centers that just shoots one three a game. You see these 40%. Uh, are high percentage numbers. I mean, he's 44 of 100 on the season, so he got 100 up. 71% from the free throw line, and, and you kind of wonder, you look at those numbers, and you see he's the play, player of the year, you wonder why he's projected so low in the draft. Uh, but um, I, I love him. I mean, I think if he's there at 51, I think he would be right to the top of my left list, I mean, for the Grizzlies. Extremely high IQ. He's skilled. Uh, he can really finish around the basket. Uh, advanced with uh, an array of moves in the low post. Definitely fits the Stretch big aspect of the modern NBA. Uh, one thing that I noticed when watching him is he's really good at scoring on the move. Uh, not a bad playmaker yeah. either. Uh, has good vision on the court for a center. Uh, certainly think he has uh, some potential there as far as a playmaker. Good rebound and plays hard as hell, man. High, high motor. Um, you're always going to get 110% for him. I think the negatives with him is defensively. And, and that's where kind of where some of his flaws show up. Um, he struggles against more athletic and quicker bigs due to a lack of lateral quickness, I mean, where we've heard that before. Uh, but but if he does drop all the way to the second <laughs> half of the second round as protected, he's going he's gonna to make some GM look like a genius. Uh, I think I, I think he's going to surprise some people. I mean, the shooting ability, I, I think, translates. And I've kind of talked about taking him on Twitter and him being a guy I liked at 51. Um, there's a, it's kind of, he's kind of polarizing. There's a, there's a group of people that really like him, and there's a group of people that think I'm crazy for saying even at 51, you take this guy. But for me, when 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 you get that lower the draft, it's always a crap shooting most of the time in the second round, especially when you're getting into the second half of the second round. And then when you're at 51, if you can get a guy, I, I think you're taking shots in the dark with guys. There are there guys that have higher upsides than Luca Garza, definitely. But I think Luca Garza, out of all the guys that will probably be available at 51, if he's there, I think he's a safer pick. I I'm pretty confident that Luca Garza will at least be an NBA player. And there's some guys that you might take down there that might end up being better than him long-term, might have higher ceiling if they pan out. But I think at 51, if I can find a guy that I think for sure will be a guy that can play in the NBA and stick on the roster, I think you're doing pretty good. And with Luca Garza, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be an NBA player because, I mean, he just does a, a lot of things well. I just think the fact that he's a little bit older, he's a senior um, and, and the NBA doesn't really value the center position as much and the lateral quickness. I think those are the kind of the things that are keeping his stock down. But, I mean, I was watching a video the other day. And he's working out, man. He hit, like, 25 threes in a row, man. He's lost some. I think he said he's dropped, like, 15 pounds. I mean, he's looking good. And, again, I think he's going to make some GMs wish they hadn't passed on him. I think he's going to be a steal if he makes it into that point of draft. Because, I mean, he just, again, he's such a high IQ player. And, and again, I think he's going to be able to come in and knock down shots. Again, he's not – he's going to struggle guarding, just like we talk about with JV. Uh, but, again, I like him at 51. And I think – at 51, I think you're going to get an NBA player with him. And that's – taking a safe pick like that, I don't think there's a, a, a bad deal at 51. 
Yeah, yeah, and that that's a, I think that's the biggest thing that we have to look at with this pick, man. You know, it, late in the second round, you're, you're probably not looking for a rotation player. You're looking for somebody that's going to develop, maybe not even be on the main roster for a year or two, depending upon you know what happens. Um, you know, the the biggest thing that jumped out to me it was you know he averaged two point seven offensive rebounds. And that, you know, that just shows you're working. If you're getting almost three offensive rebounds a game, you're working on that offensive glass. And that's one of the big reasons why JV is so successful because he works his butt off on the offensive rebound. End. And, you know, like, I think if I'm not mistaken, he led the league in second chance scoring this yeah. year. Yeah. So, you know, like that there are, there are definitely questions. He, the one thing that I think Garza does better that I don't see a lot of people giving him credit for is his shooting. They're like, oh, you yeah. know, he's he's a traditional big. You know, traditional bigs are phasing out of the NBA. You know, you look at Andre Drummond and these guys and this guy. But Garza shoots the three pretty well. And, yeah, he does lack lateral quickness. He, you know, can, can that be improved with work? Yeah, it can. Is it going to improve at his size? Who knows? But but I think that I'm kind of on the same page as you at 51. Take a shot. You know, you, you've got a, a near seven foot guy that can shoot it from three. And again, it wasn't on low volume. He, he was shooting it at a decent amount. Um, you know, th- there's definitely worse picks at, at 51. And, uh, you know, I apologize. I said I was going to have the number ready of like the number of guys that were drafted that are still in the league. And, and I, I didn't get that ready. I didn't have time because of work. But before we come back on, before our next episode, I will get that together. But but th- this is a guy I, I wouldn't mind him taking at fifty one. I kind of jumped off track there, sidetracked. But you know, I I like a lot of things I see about his games, about his game. But I also see why people are like, ah, you know, I don't know if he's going to translate yeah. because you know, some people can improve their lateral quickness. Some, some can't. And with his body type, I don't know that you're going to see a massive improvement there. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm probably not. And he could stick, you know, it's really, it's really tough to say at the, at the college level, it didn't have that much of an effect really, but you know, you're looking, everybody's a little bit stronger, a little bit faster in the NBA and is the lack of lateral quickness going to play him out of the NBA. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely a question with him but like like you said I think the shooting for me is what at, at that size is what kind of intrigues me. I I, th- I think he'll 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 be a guy that can stick in the league and again to me if you can find a guy that you feel like can stick in the league at 51 I think you're doing well. I think people and the people that were kind of pushing back on me on that I think they're putting too much emphasis on 51 like you're looking for a rotation guy or I'm talking about finding a guy that's going to replace Valentunas or anything, and that's not what you're looking for at 51. You're looking for a guy that's probably going to be in South Haven uh, for for a year or two before they even come up. But I did look uh, right down the last 12 guys that were picked at 51, and you just kind of look at this list. I mean, Sergio Lowell, Mac Coswall, uh, Malcolm Thomas, Kyle O'Quinn, uh, Peyton Siva, Corey Jefferson, Arturis Gaditas, uh, Paul Zipser, Jaron Blossom game, Keenan Evans, Lou Dort, which is End up being a tremendous pick, uh, Marco yeah. Samanovich. Uh, those are kind of the, those are the last 
12 guys that are picked at 51, and most of those guys aren't even in the league. So that kind of shows you right there that if you get a guy that can stick in the league at 51, you're doing pretty good because most of the time you're not. When you're picking in that low in the draft, most of those guys don't end up being in the league, guys, you picking the 50s. And I, I feel like Garza is, is safer than a lot of these guys. I mean, you can take a shot in the dark and you might find a guy just like they found Lou Dort at 51, and, yeah. and sometimes it works out. But, again, I, I'm, I mean, I could be wrong, but, I, again, I feel like Garza is a guy that that's going to find a road in the league, I think, just because of the shooting at, at that size, whether he's a 12th man on a roster or, or something like that. I mean, I, I just think he'll be in the NBA. Yeah. Yep. I, I you know, I think historically in the league that there's been a premium on bigs. It's kind of, it's went down over the last few years, but you know, if you get a near seven footer that can do the things that he's doing, you're going to get an opportunity. His size alone is going to gift him an opportunity. Uh, You know, whether he is able to stick, you know, we'll find out. We'll see. Um, I, I think that, uh, his ability to pass, I think that he is a plus passer, you know, out of the post. I watched a limited amount of film on him, but, you know, he, I watched him make some really good passes. So, you know, I there are skills there that he can definitely use in the game. Um, and, again, at 51, look, one out of 12 that you name there that are still in the league. So you're, you're, you're just taking a shot and kudos to Sam Presti and uh, OKC for uh, yeah, man. the home run there at 51. Definitely. Man, home run. Yeah, man, I'm going to let you go to your next guy and then, then I'll go on to my next one. Okay. Uh, my next guy is actually teammate of uh, Luca Garza, uh, a guy that uh, was being projected late second round who I expected to be a big time riser. So he probably won't be here at 51, but Joe Weiskamp, uh, 6'7", 205-pound uh, guard wing out of out of Iowa, uh, 14.8 points, 6.6 rebounds, uh, 1.7 assists, uh, almost a steal a game, 46% from three on five attempts for game, 73 at 158 overall. Uh, not the greatest free throw shooter, but not bad at 68%. Uh, recorded a 42-inch vertical. Uh, it's come by another day, so you definitely like that. But when watching the film on him, the first thing that stands out um, is the shooting. Like I said, it has deep, deep range on this three-point shot, 46% on, on 5.1 attempts per game. Uh, really good size at, at 6'7", 205 for, for the shooting guard position. Um, good rebounder. Man, average almost seven a game, as I said, second to go. Really good passer. Uh, but better athlete than you think is you look at the combine numbers, 42-inch vertical. He said he was surprised himself. He said he didn't know that he could jump that high. Uh, but uh, the negatives with him, I think, would be that he, he's not really a shot creator. Uh, more of a catch-and-shoot guy. He's one of those guys that you kind of wish he would shoot more at times. It's kind of unselfish to a fault uh, a little bit when you kind of watch the film. you like, he passes up some open shots at times. Uh, so he can be a little bit too unselfish. He also struggles a bit defensively against quicker players, quicker guards. Uh, but I certainly think he could be a guy that could that come in and be a three-point specialist in the NBA. And, and again, like we talk about with Garza, there are some other things in his game, um, like, like the rebounding and being a good passer, in addition to the three-point shooting, that, that makes me think that he could be a player. He's not going to be a, uh, never going to be a good defender again. I don't think because of the lateral quickness. You can improve on that a little bit, but most of the time, once you, I mean, it's athleticism is, is the problem with that. I mean, you can get a little bit better, but you pretty much are what you are in that that category. Uh, but I, I like him, and I think he's a guy that he wouldn't surprise me if somebody that took him in late, late first, early second, with the way that he's been playing with the 42-inch vertical. And his shooting ability, man, is off the charts. I, 
I like him. And when we another guy that we talk about that's expected to go in the lottery, Franz Wagner, when I look at both of these guys on, on tape, on film, I don't see that big of a gap between these two guys. I don't yeah. understand why mm-hmm. Joe Weisskamp, I guess maybe because he's at Iowa and people have more eyes on him at Michigan. They're in the Final Four championship game. And you see him more, but I don't see a, a, a lottery to mid-late second round gap between these two guys. And I'm a big fan of Joe Weisskamp, and, and I've been watching him a lot lately. His name is one of the ones that's standing out for the comeback. And he looks tremendous, man. You do look at the numbers. The only drawback to me, again, is the lateral quickness, but his shooting ability is off the charts. And again, you love that size at six seven at the shooting guard position. Yeah, that that's yeah. I talked about that on the last episode when we were talking about uh, Jacob and uh, oh man, I can't even think of his name. Just slipped my mind. I apologize. The kid that everybody was talking, Zaire Williams, Jacob Zaire and Williams. Zaire yeah. Williams. Like, I just don't see that much of a gap between those two for them to be like, you know, Zaya Williams has been talk about, you know, top 10 and Christopher is, is not, I'm like, man, show me, please. Somebody explain to me if you guys know what they're seeing that I am not enlighten me. Cause I, I, you know, I'm with you. This, This is almost the same thing. And, you know, when, when you're comparing guys with, Wagner and, and Weiskamp, man, I, I don't see it at all. I, I cannot, you know, and Weiskamp has done great things at this combine to help his draft stock. Uh, Sam Vecini, he's a senior writer for um, Bleach. Is he, who is he with? Man? Is hey, he I don't know what he's, I don't know who he's with now because he, he, he's moved around a lot. The, the Athletic, The Athletic. Yeah, I yeah he's with The Athletic now. You're right. Um, but but Sam Vecini was he was he tweeted about Wise Camp and he said I have been a, a Wise Camp guy for the last two years had him as a top fifty prospect even pre combine and he's definitely turned some heads this week great second five on five game and great uh, athletic testing a strong week from him so you know he he's turning heads and, and Vecini's been in the game for a long time you know he, he does one of the the better big boards. Uh, it's not, you know, it's behind a paywall, but, you know, a lot of times it gets leaked by people. They do a good job of, of getting that off of there. So if you catch it, you're doing good. But, you know, he's turning heads of people that have been around the game that know the game. And he, he's definitely, I don't know that he's done enough to go late first round, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Wisecamp go early second. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think what is there's a lot of buzz around him right now. That's why I'm saying I mean, he could be one of those guys that you like there in the first round, kind of moving along, getting to the 20s, and you hear his name call. It wouldn't surprise me just because of the yeah. buzz around him. But, I mean, I like I like a lot of things about him, uh, again. And I think being, being a, 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 a guy who covers the grids and been a fan of him for a long time, any I'm a sucker for anybody that can shoot, especially mm-hmm. a big guard, a guard 6'7", six, 6'8", six, that can shoot. We've been devoid of shooting so long that, we get intrigued by, by guys that can can shoot the basketball, and he can he can really do that. And, and again, man, he really helped himself at, at the combine this week. So uh, I, I don't think he's there at fifty one, but I, I think the Grizz are going to be a team that's going to be active. I mean, I think there's a lot of yeah, talent here yeah. in the second round. It wouldn't surprise me at all whether they're active at seventeen or in the second round. Because fifty one is kind of low. Uh, they might target in on a guy and, and move up because it's not not really hard to move up in the second round. If you want to move up in the second round, you can usually picks that you can get up in the second round. So uh, a lot of these guys we're talking about, they might not be there at 51, but I wouldn't necessarily expect the Grizzlies to stay there at 51. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's something, you know, last year, um, where were they setting before they drafted uh, 
Tillman because they moved up, they got Bain, and then they moved up. Was it yeah, 35, 36 last year? Yeah. Yeah. And then, something you know, like Nah, I can't remember, but they, you know, they, they moved up, they were back. They moved up to get Tillman moved up into the, the back end of the first round to get Bain. So, you know, that if Cliven has his eye on a guy and they can move up and get him, they're going to make that happen. I, I truly believe that. Um, I, I really, I don't have much to add on, on wise camp. I swear you, uh, you hacked my iPad and, <laughs> Took essentially like the the unselfish to a fault, man. Like actually, that I had that down in my notes here. But, yeah, you know, man. You, I think you like, man, take that shot. <laughs> you know, he he showed uh, at the the combine that he does have some athleticism that we didn't necessarily see when he was at yeah. the collegiate level. But like, so, yeah, so I don't even maybe, think he knew it himself. Like he said, that yeah. forty-two is vertical. He said, I was, he said he shocked himself. So I don't think he even knew knew how athletic he was. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm wondering if maybe. On the defensive end, which is kind of a, a big, pretty much everything I read on him, defense was the one area they felt like he was going to get exploited because he struggles against guys that are quicker. Quicker than him, and, yeah. and the NBA, you're going to run into that a lot. Yeah. And and so there, there's questions about whether he can hang on defense, and, and maybe there's enough there that he can do that based off of what we've seen at the combine. I think that's one of the reasons they do it, man. So my second guy, I apologize, I was uh, – about to lose it, I had to, to get up and walk away from the mic and let Isaac take over there for a minute. So we normally go back and forth. But Kessler Edwards is a guy, 6'8 yeah. forward from Pepperdine. Um, he, he's a, a shooter, man. And that's what, uh, just going back to what Isaac said before, you know, as, as a Grizzlies fan, as a guy that's, you know, watched the Grizzlies for a while, I think we've learned that you can never have too many shooters. Uh, he shot nearly 40% on catch and shoot looks this year. Great pick and pop guy, really good. I like. I think he has a high IQ. He uses his link very well to be disruptive on the defensive end. He's probably best at the four, but from the video that I've watched, man, I think that he would be fine on the wing. You know, it's going to be matchup dependent, right? There's going to be certain wings that he just can't hang with, um, but because of foot speed. But I think overall, like that size and length, that he he could be one heck of a wing defender. Um, things that like improvement areas for him, his pull-up jumper is kind of a weak area. And, and, you know, I talked about shooting and pull-up jumper is shooting, but he has weird mechanics, man. Have you, did you watch much film on him at all, Isaac? Yeah. I've, I've actually seen some games of his. That I watched when Gonzaga played against Pepperdine. So I've seen, seen a little bit of him, seen him in high school as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We're watching him cover, covering him for rivals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his, his, his pull-up game is, is definitely needs to improve, and he's not really adept at the pull-up jumper. But I mean, I, I like him. And one thing that I like about it, he's he improved every year. Um, he played three years at Pepperdine, and his numbers really improved from year to year. I think that's something that you like. And another mm-hmm. thing about him, he plays a lot bigger than he is a six-eight-two-zero-three. He plays a lot bigger than that. Uh, average uh, um, almost a block and a half a game. Uh, I, I like the defensive potential there. Like uh, you mentioned yeah. that, and I think he definitely has. Defense potential. I think that the thing with them is that the three, four is he a three, is he a four? He's a little bit undersized, but a four. Uh, but but I think he can play some four because I think again, like I just said, I think he plays bigger than he is, and I think he can defend fours just because of that. Yeah, I, I just a worry, concern that I had with him is because of his form, like he lands weird, his form, and, and it doesn't like it, it's natural to him. You can tell that he, you know, he's had that form. 
and it hasn't really been refined. Like he, he's knocking down shots. And so, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But I, I wonder if that is not something that, you know, a shooting coach is going to be like, okay, let's see if we can fix this landing. Because there were plenty of times when you watch film on him, even in, in a spot up situation, his feet are landing weird. You know, like they're, when he's going up, they're not coming back down in the same spot. And it, it's just a, a weird delivery on his shot. He's still knocking them down. That to me, you don't fix it. I think that you leave it alone because he's he's doing it at a high level. But I, you know, th- that would be one concern for me. And then then he's not a great ball handler. And, and that's you know at six eight, you don't always get a guy that six eight can't always handle the ball well. And, and it's not to say that he can't handle it well enough to to get out of trouble. He he probably could, but you know, in, in a trap situation, I think that you're going to see him turn the ball over. Um, so those would be my only areas of concern. But size, length, defensive upside, and his ability to shoot, um, I, I wouldn't mind to see them take a swing on him at 51. Yeah, I mean, he he's a stat sheet stuffer. I mean, he does a little bit of everything. You see, six six point eight rebounds, uh, one point two assists, uh, still a game. Uh, a block a game. I mean, he's a guy that can really fill the stat sheet again. I mean, I, even though that that jump shot's kind of pull up jump shot's kind of weird. I mean, shooting thirty seven point eight percent on, on four point four attempts and really good free throw shooter as well at eighty seven point six percent. So I mean, he he has a lot of skills that he brings to the table, especially at that size. Um, th- th- I think one question about it is the competition level. Uh, playing at Pepperdine, not always going against the greatest of, of competition. So you kind of have to take take that with, with for a grain of salt a little bit, but I, I think the defensive potential is there. He's already shown the knack to score. The ball handling can definitely stand to improve. And again, I think getting into the NBA with, with better coaching, I think can, can help that jump shot. Uh, I, mean, I don't think you want to mess with it too much. We saw what happened uh, with, with Brandon Clark, and you don't want to get a yeah. guy in between. We've kind of seen that happen with guys, mm-hmm. and hopefully Brandon can get that figured out. But again, man, as a second-round prospect, I wouldn't have any problem at all for the Grizzlies targeting him. Yeah, and my thing is, I know that that it, that's always something that's referenced is the level of competition. But you know, where James Harden was Arizona State, Kawhi Leonard was what San San Diego State, isn't that where yeah, Kawhi San Leonard? Diego was? State, yeah. You know, you you get some high quality NBA players. Hey, Job Morant. Yeah, Murray, yeah, <laughs> and that's you know, so to me. I think you have to look at more of the skill of the player as opposed to like the level of competition because it's was it Ja Morant's fault that he didn't get recruited by Duke Man. or North Carolina or Kentucky? <laughs> no, no, I, it was exactly their, their fault. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah, go they, back. They missed that one for sure. If you have, if you guys have not watched Promised Land on Crackle, oh, go so and good. check that out. It's completely so free. good. You, go, you sign up. It is a six-part documentary on John ja Morant and his road to the NBA, and it is great. I hate Isaac. I got zero sleep. <laughs> I think it was like, what, Thursday night going into Friday morning, he told me about it. So after the game, I turned it on, and I was up to like 3.30 in the morning watching <laughs> But if you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth watching. But that just goes to show you that, you know, guys with a ton of talent don't always get recruited by these top colleges. And so, like, I, I understand that to a certain extent, but I, I think that you, you've almost got to look past the the level of competition a little bit to, to look at the actual skill set from the player because there's been plenty of players 
that have come out of smaller schools that have done very well. You know, Steph Curry came from Davidson. Davidson's not a big school by any, you know, like it, it, it's just not. So a lot of, a uh, lot, lot of guys come from small schools and do well. Um, I'm not, you know, obviously I don't know that uh, Kester Edwards is going to come out and bust out like any of these fellows, but still, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of positives there. The last guy that we're going to talk about today, Isaiah Todd, six foot yeah. ten, uh, forward from the G League Ignite, man. Now, I, Isaac, this was my guy, but it sounds like you're ready to go. What you got on him, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a 16 and 219 power forward at G League, only 19 years old. Uh, but I mean, just a, a lot to like. I don't want to steal your steal your thunder here, but I mean, a guy. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, that's just absolute, just prototypical modern. NBA big. I mean, at 36% from three, uh, 17 to 47 uh, from three in, in a G League. So not not a lot of attempts, but definitely definitely has potential to, to, to knock down the three ball. 82.4% uh, from the free throw line. So I mean, he's a big. He can get to the line. He knocks down free throws, knocks down threes, long, may get run the floor. Um, so he gets definitely that stretch potential there. Really good in the open floor. Man, good hands. Man, can, uh, can guard on the inside or the perimeter. I mean, I just love him. I mean, like I said, 19 years old, so he's kind of still that ball of clay. But you see a lot of things. I think he's advanced as far as his footwork and the pose. I mean, he just—I mean, he just fits the modern NBA. And if if you're looking for a modern NBA big, Isaiah Todd's that guy that 19 years old. You get him in the second round, man. That's a guy that could could really pay off big in the long run. Heck yeah, man. The the two things I, I'm gonna start off kind of on the negative with him. Two things that I wrote down, and I struggled to write down things that I saw they need to prove on because of his age, man. Yeah, but, 19. You know, like on the defensive end, everything you said is accurate. The one thing that I saw from him against stronger players, he just wasn't, he was soft. Like, yeah, he, needs, he definitely think, needs to get in the weight room. For you know, sure, at 219, yeah, he's getting a little bit bigger. As he puts on muscle, I think that that improves. I, I don't feel like because he plays the game fairly strong, but he got pushed off of his point pretty easy. And, and yeah. that, that is just, you know, he's 19 years old. He doesn't, he hasn't had time to, to build up that muscle yet. And then in, in the post as a six ten six ten guy, and I freaking hate that I'm talking about this because just because you're six ten doesn't mean you have to play in the post, but he, he's very limited. Like his around the basket, back to the basket, he, he's got a limited bag whenever it comes to that. And so th those are really the two areas that I saw that were kind of like glaring issues. But shooting, spot up, he can move off of screens. He, he needs to improve a little bit coming off of screens, but still does pretty good. And I like at 6'10", his handle, man. I think that he is a guy, as he continues to develop, he's going to be able to create his own shot at 6'10". And there are not a lot of 6'10 guys in the league that can create their own shot. You, you look at, you know, I, Kevin Durant is the best example of, of a, a taller guy that can create his own shot. But, you know, even Jaron, when he was right at, at, you know, handling the ball, taking his guy off of the dribble, Isaiah Ty, like he he has flashed all of that in the limited amount of games that he played in the G League. Out of everybody that we talked about today in the second round, I would I would like him over any of them. In the in the I would I think the Grizzlies, man. Again, the these draft boards are all over the place with him. I, I've seen him, you know, he's always been second round, but I've seen him low thirties, and then you know a couple places 55, 56. 
I don't see him falling that far because of his age and his abilities, but I would love to see him. How receptive is he going to be to another year in the G League? I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he would do that, but I would love to see him get drafted by the Grizzlies, play another year in the G League, and then come up and we can see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, and, and one thing about him, and, and I watched throughout the season, he really improved throughout the year. Wasn't getting much playing time early in the season uh, for Ignite, but kind of uh, as, as the season wore on, got more and more playing time by the end of the year, was playing significant minutes. And uh, again, I mean, he's a guy that I think has a, a lot of upside. It kind of surprises me, honestly, that he's projected so low because I would think he would be late first round with the, the skills and, and the potential and the room to grow that he has there, especially being 19. We talk about how GMs like the potential and upside. He has as much as that as a lot of guys in his draft. So it kind of surprises me that he's even projected in the second round. I would think he would be projected as a first-round pick for what he's shown. But, again, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, he had needs to put on weight, 16, 219. I think he needs to get up to at least around 230, 235. Then he put on muscle, um, and, and, and hopefully that doesn't, to slow down his game as far as his athleticism and everything like that. But, uh, again, I mean, just show for the skills that he's shown at 16. Again, like you said, to be able to take his guy out to dribble, uh, moves really well, uh, can shoot the basketball. I mean, just a lot lot to like there. Um, I, again, I, I'm surprised he's not first-round pick. So if the Grizzlies were able to get him in the second round, I, I'd be ecstatic because that's a guy who I think, out of all the guys in the second round, just like you said, I think could end up being – not only one of the better guys in the second round, I think if he reaches his ceiling, could be one of the better guys out of this draft, period. That's yeah. how much I like Isaiah Todd. You know, uh, NBA Draft.net has him at 43 right now. Tankathon has him in the 70s, bro. And, and I, I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Like, I, I've, we're, you're looking at guys in the second round, there's going to be holes in their game. And that is, it, it's, I think that he's going to shock a lot of people. I really, really do think that he, he's just going to come in and shock a lot of people. I'm trying to pull up. Got a nearly nine-foot standing reach, seven-foot-one wingspan. Just all, all the tools that you want from a guy, this kid has them, but he's he's projected way down there. And, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't agree with it. I wouldn't. Especially being in a G League and putting up yeah. uh, pretty pristine numbers, you think that would even help him. So it, it, it's weird how some of these guys get projected and you look at them and you compare them to guys that are projected higher and you kind of scratch your head like, I, I don't get it. And this is a situation here. I, I, I am surprised that he's not late second, late, late first round projected. I mean, because I mean, it's just so much with him being only 19 years old. And again, GMs like that potential. And he's one of those guys, like, he's usually fits the prototype of the guys that you see in the lottery. And I'm not just going to be going crazy here, but I mean, he fits that profile of a guy that's young, but it's like Zaire. Well, like you look at Isaiah Todd and Zaire Williams, like why, what's the difference there? Like, I mean, you, you, you look at measurables and everything like that. I mean, I think they're upside. I would probably trust the upside of Isaiah Todd before I did Zaire Williams. I'm not a big believer in Zaire Williams. I think, Everything with him is just pretty much measurables and just you look at the size and what you project it could be. He really hasn't done much of anything. I mean, and that's not knocking the guy. Isaiah Todd was in the G League and has been productive and feels like you have a lot of room to grow. I just don't know what the difference is there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 
same way, man. That's, you know, we, we talked about that. There's a, there's a lot of guys that have, man, my computer is going nuts. I apologize. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's doing that. I'm trying to pull up Zaire Williams real quick. Yeah, man. But, I just, uh, Zaire Williams has a lot of fans and I, I mean, I see the six, eight and the thought that he has upside shooting, but he just didn't prove much at Stanford in the year. And I know, the rough year, COVID year, they had a lot going on out there. But I, I just don't see why there are certain guys that I feel like have that still have a lot of upside but have shown more tangibly already than Zyre Williams has shown. And, again, I hate the, the bastard kid, but I just – Zyre Williams, to me, I don't I don't get it. And he has a, a lot of fans. I just don't get why he's projected so high versus some of these other guys. So NBA draft.net, they have a, they have a rating and, and I realized this whenever I was looking them up, I apologize about the whole computer thing there, but, um, so they, they have a rating and they base the guys it's <clears throat> athleticism, size, defense, strength, quickness, leadership, their shooting. If they're NBA ready, ball handling, potential, Passing and intangible. Yeah, they rated one right. through ten. Yeah, one, one through ten, and all of those things. Zaya Williams scored an eighty-seven, and he's number ten on their big board. Isaiah Todd scored a ninety-three, and he's number forty-three on their big board. Yep, I mean that. It, I, I don't get why, it. Why, bro? I don't get why. It. Like, please, please. I I know that Kleiman is been like he's been killing it whenever it comes to finding talent. If this kid is available in the second round, I pray that they trade up to get him. I he's he's one of my favorite prospects, and, and I don't think that he does he have the upside that you know it's gonna hurt him to take a swing at seventeen because they can. I don't know. I can't tell you that. There there's other guys that I like that I think that are gonna be available at seventeen, but if they trade back into the first round and they draft this kid at say twenty five or so, tw- between twenty and twenty five, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Hey, not, neither would not, I. Not at all. Not you know the size, the 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 handle for that size. You know, and, and he's not Kyrie or Ja. Like he he's not going to do all of that stuff. But for a near seven footer to handle the ball the way that this kid does, and he's obviously not blowing the, the doors off, or he would be projected a lot higher than what he is. I th- there's a ton to like about him, and he he's definitely as far as second round guys, he is top of my board for the Grizzlies. Yeah, and again, he's only 19 years old. I mean, I, I mean, that's so much to mm-hmm. work with there. I, I just love the potential, man. I'd love to go down to South Haven to, to see him down there with the hustle, man. He'd be, be fun to watch. And, and and that's the thing that I'm excited about. I'm going to try to get down to, to more hustle, a couple more hustle games this year. Um, hopefully they can get a couple guys here that, that, that can, again, develop down there and are fun to watch and able to, to mature into something that could help this big club. Um, and I think Isaiah Todd would definitely fit that bill. Uh, and again, if they were to move into the, the late second, I uh, mean, not late second, but late first, um, he would I wouldn't have any problem with taking him there. I know he's projected a lot lower, and some people might scoff at that, but I wouldn't at all. Because, I mean, when you delve into the film and watch him, I just – when you compare him to the other guys that could be in that range, I don't see a lot of difference there. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Well, man, that's covered everybody that I had to talk about today. You got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? 
Uh, we talked about Josh Christopher on the last episode, and I, I put my I think, top five out for, for 17. Uh, a couple of guys, Giddy and uh, Boke Knight, obviously, Pipe Dreams, I think you got to move up. Uh, yeah. Marcus Moody would be in that range as well. You got to move up to get any of those guys. But of my realistic guys, I didn't have Josh Christopher and, and Trey Murphy the third on there, but I think I would add those guys to the list. I'm, I'm, I'm liking uh, Christopher a lot more and more, and you kind of watch some of his combine stuff. He's doing really well. He's mm-hmm. one of the standout guys as well. So he's got to kind of move it up on my list. And, and Troy Murphy the third, apparently the Grizzlies interviewed him as well. He's a guy who I think San Antonio interviewed him as well. He's that prototypical pop San Antonio pick. He's a guy high IQ, can do a lot of things. So we'll probably talk about him on a future episode. But those are two of the guys that are moving up quickly on my list. Other than that, man, that's, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Well, guys, we'll get out of here. We appreciate you tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I S A A C underscore Rivals, man. Stay tuned to at Hootball Grizz. Give us a follow. We appreciate that, man. We've got some more shows, special guests coming up next week, so be on the lookout for that. Um, for David, this has been Isaac Simpson. Until next time, we go. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.